0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. However you found us, we're so glad that you're here as we get behind the scenes with the Pursuit Spirits brand. I'm your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me today, you might think it's just the regular guys, but we have more people on the show today. Kenny Ryan, why don't you go ahead and say a hello, and then we'll move on with the rest of the guests. Hello, move on. We're just now regular guys, too. <laughs> I know, just the regular guys. <laughs> well, I like that. I I would assume that the next group of people we're talking about are not just guests either. They are also going to be regulars, maybe not to the show, but to the brand, which is what this whole episode is going to be about. Kenny, why don't you take it from here? Maybe not introduce the folks here, but but
1: give me a little, little, give me a a little background of where we're going with this episode. Yeah, the context was is is because we've talked about for a while now that we've been running experiences at the distillery, and it's been. An amazing time to bring people in. And it's been Ryan and I that have been leading a lot of these things, but we've come to the the conclusion that as much as fun as it is, it's not scalable and we can't be there all the time. And so we need to bring on people that can be the extensions of us and that can speak on our behalf and that are going to know the product inside and out and can really show you all a good time when you come here as well. And it was actually a fan suggestion that sent me an email that said, Hey, you need to have these people on the show so when we come over, we know who we're talking to. And I was like, damn it, that's a great idea. So let's go ahead and do that. And that's kind of where I wanted to kind of kick it off today. If I, I can go ahead and introduce everybody and then we can go around that way if you, unless you want to do it.
0: No, I was going to say either. I don't even think you need, I think everyone can introduce themselves. We won't go too deep into the stories yet yeah. because in front of us all too, we have a new batch, 11 CD of Pursuit United Bourbon. I want to talk about that too. So there's a lot of like preface work before we dive deep in episodes. So why don't we just jump around? Why don't we start talking about who we are and then not too deep, then we'll keep going with the episode.
2: Yeah, yeah. Joe, you go first. Okay, my name is Joe and I'm into bourbon and sock
1: puppets. (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, he, he went right with it. That was one thing before we started. I was like, you know, just kind of. tell It's gonna all, like, be what's... every guest dream. They're, <laughs> they're like, can't wait to meet the sock podcast. <laughs>
3: Hi, I'm Sarah. I love bourbon and hockey. Hockey. Oh,
4: okay. All right. There we Why go. you gotta pull on my hot strings because I also like hockey and bourbon. But who are you? Yeah. Yeah, but who are you? You should just know by my beautiful voice. I'm Tim, T V R. There we go. Happy to be here.
1: Awesome. Well, um, we're excited to have you all as a part of this team. I think this has been something that Ryan and I have been we've been just looking at figuring out like how do we build this program and how do we bring on the right people to kind of start this. And you know, Sarah was really the first one that kind of came to us through the U of L's program. So kind of talk a little bit about like what you're doing as a part of that program and, and how you're getting into the spirits world as well.
3: Um, so I am a full time grad student doing an MBA with a certification in distilled spirits on top of that, and the certification is doing liquor management, liquor branding, how regulation classes, all those will be taking place over the summer, but now it's the true nitty and gritty MBA finance Economics, marketing classes.
5: And it's nitty gritty
1: with us because it's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely nitty and gritty. She's learning economics, finance, and how to ship UPS packages. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> very true. Yes. Yeah, that's what it all comes down to. And Joe, we've known Joe for a very, very long time. Joe's actually been you know, a longtime Patreon supporter of Bourbon Pursuit. You lived in San Diego, so you were always hooked up with our good buddy Tony over at Kegan Bottle. And you've, you've been around, uh, at least in our world, for for quite some time. So it's awesome to be able to see you make your trip to Kentucky and, and finding your, your new gr- roots and stuff like that, too. Kind of give people a little background about sort of where you came from and sort of like what your your trajectory has been as well. So, yeah, I actually moved here from Reno. But
2: before that, I was in San Diego for nine years and met Tony there kind of became friends with him, and we decided I would move out here to start a liquor store, which doesn't exist. Uh, (laughs) So Tony, if you're listening, let's get that store going there, buddy. Other than that, I'm on the Discord all the time. It's one of the first people on there. We kind of built that up with, with John from Maine, and I'm still on there all the time. And met a lot of friends out there, just had people over from the Discord last night for some bourbon. And I've been in Kentucky exactly 1 year now. Oh, oh yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's probably the best place you've lived, huh? <laughs> no no comment. On
5: that. <laughs> what? It's It's really hard to compete with the weather in San Diego. That's true. I mean, I've never been to San Diego, so I don't know. Oh, I'll take your word out. for
1: it. Well, you got the weather and you've got breweries galore out in San Diego. I'll take the weather. Breweries <laughs> I, I don't need. Right. Right. And then Tim So single, you know, single barrel snob on Instagram, we've known you for quite a long time as well, but I guess give some people background about sort of how you started, where you came from. I mean, you had mentioned before you were actually getting started like doing hair at one point, like you're a barber. So give everybody Um, a little bit. Yeah. I
4: think I've known you guys since I've landed in Kentucky. You guys were the first piece of bourbon media I ever consumed. And here I am now sitting with you. It's kind of cool. Uh, But yeah, from Southern California, the weather's great, but it's not. It's not that great. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> I, I got I'm, it. Cool. I'm, I'm eh, I don't know, someone who grew up there, I'm never leaving Kentucky. I'm 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 good here. Uh but yeah, so Barber by Trade had a beer and barbershop or beer and bourbon barbershop in Southern California and the idea was going to bring that here. Essentially did not translate the same way. Licensing and having the ABC and all that jazz. So it just didn't go over, you know, essentially the way I wanted it to. There's something about r- trying to Dude, liquor from San Diego to here. Well, so there's a, there's a loophole. There's a loophole in California when you have a business. If you have a patron in your in your establishment, you're able to gift them things. So, oh, really? Bourbon and beer was gifted because it's the, it's the equivalent of like we're all at each other's houses, right? Hey, man, you want a beer? Hey, man, you want some whiskey? Somehow, there's some loophole of that as well for businesses. So, I was able to capitalize on that. That does not work the same here. No, ABC is control of everything. You have to have a purchase order for everything that's in your business if it's being consumed by a patron. And also wasn't, my licensing from California wasn't accepted. So I was like, I don't want to go through the whole school thing again. So here we are. Know a lot about beer. Know a lot about bourbon. This is a long but easy transition did you have a plan b about what was going to happen if you didn't have that no 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 this was this was the next thing that i just knew a lot about so i just kind of gradually moved into it and it's taken me almost seven years to be sitting in the seat so it's been a long it's been a long ride oh, very cool a little bit of intermission here ryan go ahead and talk about the latest batch
5: yeah. So this is 11 CD, which just means it was bottled in November 23. I always still think we should do 11-23. Kenny when to do the tech code thing and
1: whatnot. So you got to have some something, something to decode. I mean, why do you think people go crazy over like four digits in a willet barrel, even though there's the last four digits? And it can be the same repeating digits over and over again. But some people think there's something magical to them. Are you saying well, this is Willet? 11 CD is Willet? <laughs> well, the same thing could be done with
5: 1123, 11, 1124. 11, <laughs> but I digress.
0: Him. 11 CD. I digress.
5: But this is our last batch of the year. We kind of sold out of our batch 8 CD a little faster than expected. So, hey, great uh, problem, though. Which is a great problem. And thankfully, the barrels, you know, they've been. They got another extra six to eight months of age on them. And so really, I mean, you you always don't want to say like this talking hyperbole where this is like the best batch, you know, (laughs) ever. But uh, I really am pleased with how it came out. It's just, you know, always like sweet, fruity and spicy in our whiskeys. And I feel like this hits all those. It's really rich and decadent on the front palate. You get these nice like dark fruits in the mid palate. And then it's just got a finish that just sits there with you for for days i mean it's nice it's just like a really i'm really happy with it but we'll see what everybody else has to say.
1: well i don't think we're gonna say a bad thing about it <laughs> yeah but we'll see what he says about the next batch and see if that's his next favorite absolutely and, but
5: i can't come out like, i don't this believe one's this guy okay. you know, <laughs> that, that one's
4: it's l- no batch 11 but uh <laughs> you know yes
5: yeah and but too with these we try to make them as consistent flavor profiles as possible but our small batch product is a true small batch. It's 10 barrels or less right now. We've done up to 40. That was probably too much, but hey, it worked out. That was a double gold winner at San Francisco, almost one best in class. But I really do like prefer the 10 10 to 20 barrel sizes because I can be ultra picky and really just build out these really nuanced flavor profiles. So, I think doing the smaller batches, releasing them 3 to 4 times a year is how we're going to move forward, you know, moving as we continue to scale this product and Entered into distribution and whatnot, but uh, yeah, really happy with it. With that, the award-winning batch was that batch two. No which batch. One well, we've had two awards, so made. yeah. So batch two won John Barleycorn's Best Bourbon of the Year, but then Seven CC won double gold at San Francisco and was up for Best in Class, which means you made the top five, I think, Best Bourbons of the Year, which is a huge honor because there's probably three hundred bourbon entries in each competition, probably more, maybe that. more than that. And then our rye whiskey has won double gold back-to-back in the two years that we've done it. So eight CD, none of the eight CDs or 11 have been presented to awards yet. So hopefully their
0: their medals are coming soon too. The <laughs> only reason I bring that up is because you and I were talking about this last week when we tasted it. I think it's got kind of the sweetness that people talked about with that batch two a little yes. bit. Yeah. But it's got a little bit more of the spice. Totally. Like that. Yeah, batch two batch is definitely more sweeter, more approachable,
5: crushable. This one definitely has a little bit, it has those sweeter components. 7cc was definitely a loud, vibrant, spicy expression, which I think is why I have a theory about competition that really high rye bourbon profiles do well. Because anytime if you do a barrel pick or taste blind, high rye bourbons or more spice are going to stand out against everything else on the the table. So I kind of have a theory behind that. And why it did so well in awards, and and it was really good. Don't get me wrong, but definitely this leans more toward that batch too, which I kind of prefer that more sweeter profile,
1: heavier on the butterscotch too. Mm-hmm. That's what I get out of it. So back to our our guest of honor Absolutely. today. So let's talk about everything that we're doing outside of, of here. You know, because you all are doing like we already talked on Sarah. You know, doing a lot of stuff at U So I guess Sarah, we'll start with you. So once you start getting into UofL and and kind of guide us through a little bit like what the program looks like it's one of the things that I don't think a lot of people we talked about it actually they were a sponsor at one point of bourbon pursuit was UofL's distilled spirits program so kind of talk about what it's like to kind of go through that program and what are they really grooming you for at the end of the day too
3: okay so there's a few different tracks in the program is the best way to phrase it there's the online the two-year program as well as the one year and I'm in the one year, just wanted to get it done and didn't want to sit in school longer than I had to.
1: <laughs> Nobody wants more to
5: yeah. You're not on the Van Wilder plan? So.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So ideally with this, the combination of the certification and the degree doing operations in a distillery, bourbon company, something of that nature is what my track is. There's definitely a few others that are going and doing this and want to go into sales and do like liquor repping and going into restaurants and doing operations for a restaurant.
4: So it's really
3: open-ended of how you want to approach it. And I know I don't want to be on the restaurant side anymore. So (laughs) that was my idea of taking it to the other side.
1: Yeah. Tim's given Sarah a big thumbs up on that one over there. I've, I've, I have a like a dark history with my restaurant experience but not as probably as deep as as all's restaurant experience. So feel free to to kind of yeah, weren't you at Ponderosa? It, or yeah, I something? worked at Ponderosa <laughs> exactly. That was that was my deep dark secret there. Yeah. So if you call that much of a restaurant experience, but Tim, I'll let you kind of chime in there.
4: Yeah, I would say my uh, restaurant is a love hate. I worked for a company out of Southern California was their traveling training manager, so I was always going to a new location always training a new staff, living out of a suitcase, which I actually really like doing. But it's if I could just take the hospitality side of restaurants and not have to deal with any of the BS, I would do it every single day. Like Taking care of somebody is my favorite thing. Giving somebody an experience, that's why this position is so much fun because that's what I've kind of lived most of my life out of is creating that awe moment for somebody that's in front of you why being a barber is so much fun is because you get somebody in your chair on a regular basis you're basically their therapist but you also want to create a moment for them so they come back so you're building your clientele but also giving somebody an experience so yeah if i could have if i could have the restaurant without like i said the without customers without (laughs) not not without customers but without without no there's a lot of entitlement you know a lot of customers have been conditioned to be able to act a certain way because they've acted said way and been benefited from it, you know. However, that looks to you. So yeah, that's just just crappy. Not don't want to don't want to live that anymore. I'm, I'm good.
0: Super glad there's no entitlement in
1: the
4: bourbon
0: industry. Yeah. So this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So
4: thankful None for whatsoever. that. Not not a drop. I
1: guess as a as a barber, you said you become a therapist. I mean, I'm assuming people probably talk to
4: you more in more comfort than they talk to their own spouses at home. Oh my God, the stories. So I could if you get my is, bourbon and beer, the, <laughs> hey man, I could write a giant giant book just based off of that alone and then you mix in this side of it yeah it's there's a tell-all at some point coming yeah barbershop confessions so there you go yeah, i like here it. for it <laughs> so
5: tim i know like you've been wanting to get into this industry or and in with a brand you've you know done awesome with justins and helped the brands here and there but i guess what about here excited you and made you want to say hey i want to go join the part of the team here and which we're we're grateful and thankful you are. I was just curious what what I guess made you want to take that leap of faith with us.
4: Yeah, no. Great question. It boils down to experience. Like that's something that I've been kind of going all over the city and talking to brands with that, you know, brands that I love and brands that I believe in is hey, let's let's sell an experience. Right? Let's let's do X, Y, and Z. And some of them are like, yeah, that's great. Not yet. Or that's we don't think we're that brand. So a lot of its timing's been off. I think for me it was the comfortability of of knowing both of you already and kind of knowing the team on the back end and then what we were hoping to create. And it's for me it was a no-brainer. Like I saw it pop up and I was like, that's mine. That is my job. Tell everyone else they can go home. It's for me. Like it's <laughs> like <laughs> I remember I remember telling my wife about it. She goes, That's that's for you. And I was like, Yeah. I remember reading it and being like yeah, they wrote this for me. This is this is mine. I'm here for it. I I ain't go like I said earlier. I ain't going nowhere.
1: Perfect. We yeah. love that. I think it's crazy the fact that our team doubled in the uh, about a month. Oh, and a half. I know. <laughs> it, it is wild because
5: it's and I've gone through this through my other. But the, the coolest part, looking back at the businesses I've helped build over the last 10, 12 years, is getting people on board, getting them to believe in what you're doing, then creating opportunities for them. And that's what it's all about. And like I'm so excited to hopefully building and creating opportunities with us because we're definitely like in that that infant stage where we're just, you know, trying to figure it all out and kind of take it and take it to the next level. And we need other people to, to kind of help us achieve that because Kenny and I are only, you know, sometimes you get in this entrepreneurial mindset that you have to do everything and be a part of everything. But I've learned that there's so much more talented people than you in certain aspects of the business that, that you don't need to do and ever someone else can do it much better for you.
1: So I'm excited for that. Yeah, so who has a hidden talent we don't know about that we can exploit here? Talk puppets, hey man, let's get in. Talk about yes. I
0: want to jump back over Sarah. You, I don't remember if I if I heard this as part of it, but uh, what was your history with with either Burn Pursuit or Pursuit Spirits, or was it just through the program and then linking up then?
3: Um, it was actually through one of the brand ambassadors, yeah. Steve, who shout yeah, out to Steve, Steve. Oh, shout
4: out hey, to Forever,
5: Steve, my dude, he's everywhere.
3: He is, and I just happened to start talking to him and. The conversation went, and from there, he was like, let me let me reach out to them. I can't guarantee anything, and let's have the conversation, and that's kind of how it started.
0: Yeah. What's your history with experience or bourbon in general prior to that?
3: It's I've worked as a bartender and server for about eight years now, so it's all been with that. Definitely, I learned a lot more at my restaurant in New York City because they they had the classes, they had the education on the side, and they taught us. And they said, "You, if you need to sell this, you need to know what you're selling. And so learning a lot through them. But that was more on the wine front and more on the beer, less on the spirits, but it was still there.
1: I guess we forgot to mention that you are from New York. Yeah. 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 So kind of talk about, we're where in New York, and so if people that are coming in here, they'll be like, I'm from Buffalo too.
3: <laughs> so I grew up in New York City, and I lived in Buffalo for New six years. New York year. City? Yeah. I know. One of the rare ones, actually from New York City, not Long Island. And then I went to Buffalo for six years to do undergraduate, and then kind of stayed because COVID started, mm-hmm. and New York rents are really expensive, and Buffalo's not that bad.
1: No, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But you get a lot more snow in Buffalo.
3: I'm very happy no more snow.
1: Yeah. And then another little background, what I love about Joe, Joe's got a pretty interesting background too. Because the first time I met Joe, he was actually, what would you call it? Remember Seinfeld, Art Vandelay? Like, what what are you in? I'm in the import-export business. And that's kind of what Joe was. You want to kind of give a background about like what you were doing? Yeah. So I ran an Amazon business for most
2: of my adult life. I started out doing reselling, so like going to Ross and buying stuff to Resale and uh, like Ross, like Dress for Less, yeah, oh, okay, like uh, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and then I switched over to importing my own products under my own private label, and mostly from China. One product was from India. It's going really well, and then everything took a dump in 2020 because the cost of importing a container went from three thousand to about twenty five thousand just for the shipping, pretty much overnight. So I was just out of business, and I had to kind of spend all my savings to keep things afloat. That's how I got into the the beer industry, and because I needed to get a job, and I'd never had mm-hmm. a job really other than like kid jobs, like pizza guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't really have any skills because I've been doing just this very narrow focused business for so long. So I just defaulted back to beer because I love beer. I'm one of 28 certified cicerones in the state of Kentucky, and what's a cicerone? Forgive my ignorance. It's like a psalm, but for okay. beer. It's the program was modeled basically to completely replicate the SOM program.
4: I feel like that alone is something to be celebrated. 28? There's only 28. In the whole state? Maybe it's because people
2: in
1: Kentucky don't care
2: as much about <laughs> yeah. beer. They're right.
1: focused on whiskey. I care now.
2: I get, don't no. sell yourself short. Yeah. I was about to say,
1: in, in Cali- yourself. when you were in California, what's the sure. you're one of what then? A lot. Okay. <laughs> Just in the city of San Diego alone, there's
2: hundreds. Oh, okay. like, it's a huge industry there. And I actually flew to San Diego to White Labs to take the test and- Passed the blind taste testing my first chance, so I was pretty proud of that. And there are no, as, at least registered on their website, there are no advanced Cicerones in the state, so my buddy Brandon Smith likes to introduce me uh, to his friends as Joe, the most advanced Cicerone in the state of <laughs> oh, Kentucky, nice. oh, just to try well, and embarrass as,
4: me. Uh, as he should, you just leaning yes. into that more.
1: Yeah. He, Brandon uh, Smith from Brando. BBC, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. The
2: Daily Dream. Yep.
5: He's another San Diego. He's a San Diegan. Group. He relocated. is. Yes. He was in my so whiskey group. we San Diegan.
4: Yep. San San, San Diegan. San <laughs> <laughs> Ron Birdie. Yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> means you fill in the blank. Yes.
1: <laughs> another question. I because I love these stories of like treasure hunting and whatever. When you were doing Ross and T.G. Max, do you remember like an ultimate score?
2: Oh yeah, there there's so many, and that was the most fun. Besides, like Tommy Hilfiger socks or something, <laughs> <laughs> that was the most fun thing. Man, that that job was really fun. Just like driving around, and I used to fly out to different cities when I was single, and so I'd like I'd fly into Portland, Oregon, or fly into Austin, Texas, and just go out and work during the day and then drink at night, and. You just When ship, you say work during the day, you're literally driving, driving to around all to their places. discount stores, buying stuff, and then at night you peel off the stickers, input it in the Amazon system, pack it up in a box, and then the UPS guy comes to your hotel and picks it up, and then it goes into your inventory through FBA, and then I'd go out and visit all the breweries
1: and bars at night. Oh my so what was the big score? Do you remember that one?
2: Yeah, so I really started out with toys and it was some stupid leapfrog toy called a fridge farm. Okay, and it's like you know, the cow goes mmm. <laughs> Yeah, and you'd buy it for like ten bucks, and it would sell for a hundred. Oh wow! What, no what? Way. get out of here? Just because lazy, lazy parents are like, well, my my friends have this, and it's out of stock because they're you know they didn't make enough of they them, but them somehow they ended up in TJ Maxx and Marshalls. So it's like instant sell. You know, you made ninety dollars minus amazon's margin so that was always fun yeah
1: and you'd always you'd have to buy new you couldn't just yes. go goodwill shopping or anything could you? it must be new yeah i figured as much oh man that's i i love hearing stories like that of you know people like going you, know, you find like a honus Wagner card somewhere right. and you'll, you'll flip it or whatever it is i don't know i've i've never had he just likes shit he likes to buy shit i'm kind of an order you know you know every yeah. once in a while you know i do have i mean I as Thankfully, my wife is not a hoarder, but because I do have those hoarding mentalities, as you can see from the bottles that are starting to now scatter across the floor in our in our studio, those bottles were scattered across the floor at my house, and my wife said, "Get these the hell out of here." Yeah. So I had to eventually get them away. So Tim, uh, what you're a certified
5: bourbon steward, right? The executive, executive steward. Sorry, forgive me. I'm I'm the six day distiller. Course <laughs> <and stuff. laughs>
4: no, I only I only emphasize that because it was. A long paid process to do, which I encourage everyone to do if you're even remotely interested in moving into this space or moving into this industry. It's a great, it's a great like say springboard to kind of help you figure out where you want to go. It's been a long, It's been a long process, but it's been a super exciting journey. And I wouldn't, I don't think I would change any of it to get to where I'm at. Like it was, I think it was all necessary and it was all needed. I'm not going to say I could do everything, but there's a there's a lot I could do I'm <laughs> capable of because I've I've experienced it all.
1: Well, Brian, I think this boils down to me and you are now the least qualified people to be sitting yes, at the table. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to get out of here and leave. <laughs> we, next, we don't have a certificate. You're we not going to graduate from anything. You're not doing the
0: graduate But we've got program. creative ideas though, right? We do. We <laughs> like when done. we were just on the topic of Joe, I'm like, man, we need to have something like whatnot where like everyone just buys a pair of these bourbon glasses, right? And they can go when they're going into stores to try and pull rare whiskey. Right, and then they just upload their God, experience. Stop. stop. You know what I'm saying? Like bronze. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Have you seen those whatnot videos? People I have with not. Trading cards?
4: I have not. No. So there's no matter, the, no matter like, what. No matter what the Pokemon industry Pokemon is, cards and stuff. there's always an avenue of somebody trying to capitalize and find that rare thing. Like I collect. I collect action figures. There's always that big score. Like I know Joe can contest that too. It's like going and being a reseller. There's always that next big thing, that next big score, you're always trying to like be ahead of the curve so you can, you know, capitalize on. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. But I always find it really amusing when people take those same like economics and try to move it into bourbon. So fast forward 20 years from now, what's a bottle I need to buy to save? And I'm like, respectfully? Mellowcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're not buying mellowcorn stock, you're doing it wrong. I'll just say that right now. But there's not really anything, I feel like respectfully to every brand and everything that's out right now. We're not going to be sitting around having this conversation 20 years from now and be like, man, really would have wish I bought more of 2021 mellow corn stock. Yeah. Have cases of that laying around. Like it's just we're just in a we're in a different era than we were, like, you know, 20, 25 years ago.
0: I don't know, Tim. I really think people should Stock up on United 11 CD. That's of, right. Of all things. So I purposely. I'm putting my
4: chips on that. I purposely set you up for that. So thank you for taking <laughs> that lob and running with it. But no, it's just, it's like I said, respectfully, there's, there's great stuff that we're drinking every day, but nothing that's going to be like legendary. We're like, man, wish I would have bought more Red Hook.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: but people
5: said that about, you know, old granddads and, you know, all the Weller stuff and everything. It's like, I remember they were just throwing cases of that away, you know, and it's like nobody ever thought that. So I do you do kinda like wonder like and there's kind of that with like Evan Williams, or not Evan Williams, uh, Heaven Hill White Label because sure. it was discontinued sure. and Absolutely. the green label and stuff like that, but it is... Well, you can manufacture that scarcity. Yeah, All I you do can. is just,
1: continue, just discontinue the label. Right, yeah. exactly.
5: So it just takes going out of business or discontinuing a label for it to become popular. So maybe
4: that's our key. We go broken. And
1: then people <laughs> just, actually... Guys, I hate to tell you this, like, but uh, just right like every now, starving
4: artist. Yeah. yeah. 11 CD has now been discontinued. You see it on the shelf. <laughs> you buy it now. Make sure you buy at least a case because Cause you're not going to want to miss out on this delicious flavor profile.
5: So I'm curious from Sarah, cause you're, you're young and ambitious and starting out your career. It's like, what is, what was it about the, the distilled spirits category that you're like, this is where I want to choose my path. Cause like when I was your age, she's so responsible too. like, we're,
1: <laughs> we're, she shows up on time. She shows up on
5: time. She, like we offered her to drink. She's like, I got class later. I was like, but that's when I was your age, I was like, that's later. Yeah. But anyway, I think that was her excuse for everything
4: too. That's later. Yeah. yeah.
3: But it's also, I'm paying for my degree now. I'm a graduate. I didn't. So there's a difference on that front. In terms of the distilled spirits, I had a job lined up with a AA sports team. And then it fell through because everything fell apart. And I realized that sports can break apart again. And I always had my serving job on the side. And I was like, okay, the liquor industry is never going to go away. And I took a two-year break from working at a bank boring
1: are you like a teller or what are you doing
3: uh auto loans
1: oh okay
3: processing auto, auto loans that's
1: fun that sounds fun yeah. that's yeah. exhilarating yeah be like mm, 300 credits would- not sure about this guy that would- yeah
3: <laughs> and so basically- that would
1: cause me to drink too <laughs>
3: <laughs> and i kept working at the restaurant i had been with through undergraduate for every single day and i Saw my boss on Sundays and he kept saying, I know you hate it. I know you hate it. Want to come work for me full time? And that kind of brought back. And then it was after two years I had my parents looked at me and did the, so what do you want to do? Are you going to go into restaurant management? I'm like, nope. They're like, you need to figure out what to do. I'm like, liquor industry. And they're like, okay, how do you get there? Figure that out. And I was like, okay, the U of L grad program. And so
4: you just like Google it and find it?
3: I kind of did, yeah. Okay, there Good.
4: you go. That's right. That is right. Shout out to your parents too for being so freaking supportive. Like, <laughs> I like I could go back like twenty years from right now to like my past self and be like, "So, what do you want to do? I want to work in the spirits industry." They'd be like, "Yeah, sorry, bud. Nah, nah, <laughs> not happening. Not, not going to be there."
5: My parents still say that about me. They're like, "You're in the bourbon business." No, I'm kidding. Still, they're still very, trying to fake it
4: every they're day. They're very supportive. <laughs>
1: And so I guess let's kind of talk about like future look here and everything that we're we're trying to work on. So you all have just been kind of just now getting into the pursuit side of things. Was there something about us or about the brand or about the whiskey that surprised you so far that you're like, "Oh, this is interesting. I really didn't know about this or anything like that." I will I will jump in on that
4: one really quick because yes, yes. The ability that you were able to take like unknown small craft brands and filter out some things that people might find off-putting who are new to whiskey, right? Like, cause if we've, like you could boil it down to like super craft brands or super small brands and there's little like little consistencies in there that you've like find, you know, really nice that you enjoy and then give it to a new person. They're like, I don't like this because it's not fill in the blank. Right. So you're able to take those little consistencies in these little craft brands and blend them into your own batch and make something completely different but still like spotlight little things in those in those brands that's the thing that that's the thing that got me excited I will use uh, Hidden Barn as an example their first batch was from Neely Family Distillery I love what they have to offer I love the little little weird nuances that some of their distillate that has that Royce does that a lot of showed up in the first batch of Hidden Barn that a lot of people didn't know what they were getting themselves into so you know Across the board, it didn't have the best press, but it was because people didn't realize what they were drinking. Right. So so the fact that you were able to do that and still just make, you know, not saying the Hidden Barn isn't making a good product, but to showcase something more or less brand new, that's exciting to me. I'm here for that. Very cool. We are too. Yeah. Cool. One know.
0: point for Ryan and zero points for Kenny. Next. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I <laughs> know. But well, they'll get to they'll get
5: to see Kenny's spreadsheet mastery and one of these days.
0: uh <laughs> You know all the back end stuff that he does. It took that us makes on an invigorating tour earlier today. The back end of the the platform for bringing groups in through here. So this is that's great.
5: Process and I appreciate operations. that. I Thank you that. for showing yeah. us that. Yeah, that's what he does best. And it's me, like, me it's not like, so much. So it's, it's like it's a, the
4: OG before the brand existed, and your, all your spreadsheets with your bottles. I'm like, yeah. Well, if you see if this spreadsheet, like, you are a freak of nature, and I'm here for every single bit of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're the master of spreadsheets. Oh, I try. I'm trying to get myself out of that business, though.
2: <laughs> well, we were talking about, before we started here, I accidentally poured myself a glass of the uh, regular old Pursuit United bourbon the other night, and I forgot what I poured. So, and that, that'll that happen to me sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I went out and did All something, probably got distracted by my kid or something, and came back to it 15 minutes later, and I was like, oh, what is this? This is nice. This is this is pretty good. And I, I turned to the shelf and looked what i had just grabbed and i go oh good it's pursuit united because (laughs) you know you don't want to work for a company where you don't actually like what you're trying to sell people so i was very happy about that it's got a great flavor and i really didn't have a lot of experience with the brand before i started here because i just don't have any money anymore to buy stuff, so I was like, "Oh no, no, no Maybe new you find bottles." Some more leap frogs. <laughs> yes, I got to get back into the old business, I think. But yeah, I, I I really like the products. I love the rye. I've been mixing with it. I do a lot of cocktails at home, and I switched over from from Pikesville to using the Pursuit United Whoa, rye lately. Heck yeah! I still I love Pikesville. Oh yeah, Pikesville. That's great.
1: not going anywhere. But, yeah, but yeah. That's it. Very cool love to hear it. And then I guess uh, another question, you can, you, know, you brought up cocktails. And I think that's the interesting thing. At least, I know at least Sarah and Tim, you both have a, a pretty extensive kind of cocktail background. Sarah, I'll kind of start with you. So kind of talk about sort of, you know, you said you've been bartending for seven or eight years and you kind of, you were really taught in New York. So kind of talk about like what that, what that really encompassed or what that looked like.
3: A lot of DIY syrups and a lot of infusing. So a lot like one in particular, I was only serving at this place, but learning everything about it. It was an infused Negroni, and so
4: say less. Let's go.
3: And I think it was hibiscus infused. Yes, that sounds but good. I, oh, absolutely. And like the cucumber Loco in particular, I like I switched it out to gin instead of tequila all the time. It was just everything about the fresh ingredients, keeping mm-hmm. it fresh, keeping it not necessarily super complex, but it was being fresh and new and mixing weird flavors that you wouldn't have thought about,
1: yeah,
5: you I made like some it. cocktail for it what What was that again? It was so damn good. It was
3: infused chai bourbon, then there was the ginger rum, so that was just fresh ginger sitting there for a few weeks a splash of limoncello and a simple syrup so like an old-fashioned but with limoncello in there and rum
5: yeah it was dangerously delicious yeah she know i say that a lot probably annoys people
1: but it was so good she was on the team for about 24 hours next day she rolls in like i made a cocktail for you all we're like this work out great (laughs) yep (laughs) tired.
3: i already had that one sitting so i was using trader joe's brand
1: (laughs) that's okay we'll let it slide this time hey the no, no joke. True Joe's brand's pretty good, though. Right. Right. Just saying. <laughs> how do you compete with that? You like Barton. You, you like it. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tim? Kind of talk about your, your journey into cocktail culture and how you really started learning about it.
4: Yeah. I always. I think it always fascinated me, and I really dove into it during COVID. It's kind of like, I feel like everyone kind of went their own direction during COVID. I was already drinking bourbon and enjoying bourbon on a regular basis, so it's was like, well, what else can we explore? And I kind of just, head first dove into cocktails and I always had always kind of had, wasn't fascinated by culinary side of cuisine. you know like you get really break it down you know like a 10 course meal kind of thing right Everything has its own experience once again going to experiences. And being able to create that in a cocktail blew my mind. Like you could take element a and element X that probably shouldn't go together, but they're somehow on the same flavor spectrum and you just made a killer cocktail. So being able to play off flavors that essentially shouldn't go together, but somehow they work because you broke them down enough is really fascinating to me. And it's, you know, I feel like a a, a lot of people, their conception of a cocktail is sweet and it doesn't have to be. So being able to like, I guess, more or less wow somebody by a cocktail and it's not blowing you away on the sugar spectrum, that's fun, too. So I, I think it's just playing with playing with flavors and being able to present something to somebody, whether it's for money or just good times, is, I think, super fascinating. And seeing their face of just like, what just happened? That's, that's the exciting side for cocktails. So I'm, more or less, I'm self-taught. Like everything I learned was at home, reading, being a nerd, like absorbing as much as I could and just trying to figure out how do these flavors work together? Which, I mean, I guess... Cocktailing or bartending or you know making drinks—that's essentially what it is too. But I went the I went the home route. On. Yeah. So I think we have you know between Sarah and I, we have essentially the same thing. But she has a more professional side, and I have a more Hack. at home, Hack. at oh, home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. at, sure. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and then two is like being able to make something shelf stable, so somebody else can replicate. Right. So you're creating something that's like, well, oh, shit, I don't have ginger syrup which even that's super easy to make but it's like how can i sub that in and make something that's shelf stable it's not gonna you know be good for three weeks so there's that there's that fun element of it too is making something shelf stable
1: very cool yeah and yeah i mean it's and you don't have to name or name anything, but i mean like you've actually taken that and now you're doing mm-hmm. consulting for other different bars and restaurants and places yeah like that around no that
4: bit. once again i mean i can even we could moonlight it and say this brand too but it was Somebody somewhere gave me a chance, believed in me, and I'm just running with it. It's all I've wanted for the last, I don't know, seven years. Like I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of. How do I sell it to somebody else? And so it's that one person going, yeah, we know Tim. We know what he can do. Cool, here for it. So yeah, no, it's, that's, I had, I had somebody, like I said, we won't name drop, it doesn't matter because that's not what it's about to me. It's the, once again, experience. But I had someone send me a picture of, a menu that I created, and it was, didn't you make this? I said, yeah, sure did. Why is it your name on it? Well, because it's not said place featuring TVR. It's they hired me because they knew what I was capable of and I got to do it. So seeing it on paper and hearing people enjoy it, that's, I'm here for that. Yeah, that's, that's very the fun cool. side for me. Love it. I don't need the recognition. I just need someone to believe in me.
1: Yeah, totally. Very cool. Well, I think that's really all we're going to probably have time for, wrap it up on this one. Yeah just
5: super excited for y'all to be here and pumped for us to grow in this together, fail forward. As I say, we do a lot of failing forward here at Pursuit Spirits, but we're we're really thrilled to have you all. And thank you all for taking the leap with us as well, because we got some exciting things down the road and really just want to continue building this brand around good people and good whiskey. And so I think y'all are the perfect fits for that. And can't wait for all of our you know, people coming to hang out with us and see us here on Whiskey. Well, not here first on in Butchertown, but eventually they're on Whiskey Row. So I'm just
1: so thrilled and excited for y'all to be here. Yeah. Like I said, it's, we're super excited to have all of you join the team just to be able to be here. And I'm, I'm hoping that people listen to this. So and Now they have an opportunity to actually come. Visit and experience and be able to be like, oh, I can put the name in the face. I remember, Joe, let's talk about some beer. You know, like all these different things. Everybody's going to make fun of me on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to suck. That's be okay. It's okay. Just remember, you are the most advanced Cicerone in the entire state of Kentucky. But, but I am looking forward to not having to worry about unloading
5: a truck or loading a truck of cases while a tour is going on <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I've had to do that mid-tour and then
1: people are emailing i'm like
0: god bless there's so much shit to do
1: uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. i'm excited about that now now we've got people to help us out yep that's what matters
0: and with the new friendlies around here if there are any other questions or topics Great opportunity to submit them. Podcast at com. Maybe I have to bring the other folks back in here. Hey, maybe we'll get rid of Kenny and Ryan. That our sounds fine podcast, with me. And, uh, and just keep rolling with that. But again, yeah, topics or other questions that you have for anybody, whether it's before you make a trip to the distillery here, tasting experience, bottle of your own experience, or just other things you want to find out about sock puppets and leap frogs, let us know. <laughs> podcast at com. Team, I'm excited that everyone's here. I'm excited to to continue to make some things happen. And uh, thanks everybody for taking time. I mean, I knew you were kind of forced to today, but uh, either way, thanks for taking the time for the podcast. Until next time, everybody. I'll see you later.
4: Cheers, dudes. Cheers.